the three, three books, books right? the trilogy. Three Little Pigs, okay. What was the impetus? We use words like impetus on this podcast. Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body here at Desert Springs Church. My name's Drew, I'm here with Ryan, and our special guest this week is Greg Gilbert. Greg, thanks for being with us. Yeah, great to be with you. Good to be with you Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's great Greg you. is in town uh, for our Simeon Trust workshop. You're one of the instructors this week at our Albuquerque workshop. And since you were going to be here, we said, let's bring him in early and let him preach for us. And then we'll let's do, a, do podcast. a podcast. And eat right. some good food. That's right. Lots of good food. <laughs> Greg, you're a pastor at Third Avenue Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. How long have you been there? Uh, well, that's a more complicated question than you probably oh, want to get yeah. into. I thought so it was, we, it my wife and I were there from answer. 02 to 08 as members, deacon, oh, yeah. eventually an elder. Okay. When we did that. And then we left from 08 to 10. And then they called me back in 2010 as senior pastor. Oh. So 12 years you know, according to what you meant by that question. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, your pastor, your writer, uh, what else do you do? Uh, I father, father, and I husband and husband. <laughs> and I don't know that, that's and probably work, about it. Okay. And work out. And I do. How yeah. many pushups <laughs> yeah, can you do? Work out? I don't know. I don't like know. nonstop if you just went down right now. I don't know. You and I should like drop and try it out podcast. right now. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I really have um, no idea. That's great. Um, Ryan, how did, how did you guys meet? How, you and Greg have known each other for a while. So I queued up Drew to ask that question. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember I do how remember. you guys met, Greg? No, but if you tell the story, I might. Okay. So I was on staff at a church in Lynchburg, Virginia, Old Forest Road Baptist Church. Oh, yeah. And we just started um, hosting a Founders, Founders Conference. Conference. Yeah. Yep. I do remember Founders. that. Now. But I remember that I met this guy, Greg, who knew he was a Yale grad. That's pretty impressive. And... I was and, Devers Lackey, probably. Well, and I kept trying to think of like, yeah. how does Mark find you? Were his bag man? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. his bag man. Yeah, but uh, I remember you holding a Doug Wilson book on the mantra of Jabez, making fun of the prayer of Jabez book, <laughs> and you were laughing, ha, ah, mantra of Jabez, and I didn't know the word mantra, so I had to go look it up. So that's what makes me. That's 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 it. Yeah, that's man, that I must have been. To know you. Oh, that was forever ago. That must have been ninety six or yeah, seven. Yeah, crazy wow. early on. Yeah, those yeah, were babies. Just started working with Mark. Yeah, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> we're old, right? You can do less push-ups back then. I bet. <laughs> True. All right, so we wanted to talk to you about trilogies. Uh, you mentioned in the sermon on Sunday, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So what? Is, what is your favorite trilogy? Oh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the I Rings. Mean, so by as a, mile. a as a not as Back a, to the Future. <laughs> That's good, but no. <laughs> the, the books, the movie, both? Both. I mean, both. the books yeah. The books are just deeper and yeah. richer than More. the movies, but the movies are incredible. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard me laugh out loud when you said, has anybody seen Lord of the Rings? There were a lot of hands oh, that yeah. went up. Because, yeah, that's yeah, that's my jam. Yeah, it's funny if you if you ask that of a younger audience, yeah. like teenagers or college students, very few of them have seen those movies. It's weird. Yeah, it, You it, ask it, people it our age them. and older, they it's have. It's early 2000s. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we grew up, Reading the books, I think we, I can say we with us, right? Um, Because that was like good Christian fiction, right? So you read Chronicles of Narnia, you read Lord of the Rings, and then when those when they said they were going to make the movies, I remember thinking impossible, like Mm -hmm. can't be done, Mm -hmm. right? And then went to see them, and now I watch them like mind blown. I watch them at least twice a year. I do too. Whether I but need to or not, we're actually here too. today to talk about a different trilogy. Are we, Ryan? <laughs> yes, are we? we are. Oh my god! Take goodness. the reins, Ryan. I doubt it. All right. So our second favorite trilogy around here is your tri- little trilogy of books. What is the gospel? What is? Who is Jesus? 
Who is? He's a he. He's who, a, who, yeah. is who is Jesus? Yes. And how can we... Can we trust the Bible? Trust why? the Bible. Why trust the Bible? Why trust why the Bible? Trust you're, the Bible? You're getting the main so idea. We so should have, it's, right. it's we should have prepped for this. You messed up the color. Show I know. So it's black <laughs> and then it's red because Jesus' yeah. blood okay. and then white. So all, the, all our podcast listeners, close yeah. your eyes and imagine the black there, There's one, no real the meaning for those colors, but they do They do sort of come together as Louisville Cardinals colors Okay. by accident. So first, why are all your books questions? Not all of my books are, but those three are because at some point the the group of people that was working on titling just came up with that question. Okay. And we kicked it, the what is the gospel question, and we kicked it around and decided it was bold enough to sort of catch attention because it, it implies that you're going to answer that question, uh, and yet it doesn't title the book something more obnoxious like this is the gospel. Mm. Um, so it seemed to hit a niche. And then once we decided to do a trilogy, it just made sense to try to make them so questions. It was what is the gospel first, just as an end in itself, and then the trilogy idea came after. Yeah, later. So, yeah. so actually, what it, what is the gospel was meant to be, uh, you know, a sort of coach to team locker room talk to people in the pews, like Christians. Like let's, you know, let's shore up the edges of our gospel. Let's make sure that we're not missing anything. Let's make sure when we talk to people about the gospel, we're saying what needs to be said. Let's understand it well ourselves. Uh, it was never meant to be an evangelistic book. Um, and, uh, uh, Matt Schmucker, who, who, you know, well, came along kind of behind that and said, Hey, you should do an evangelistic book and call it, who is Jesus? So, okay. you know, he and I thought through that it, it took off. I ended up writing that one. But since then people have used, what is the gospel for what it was meant for people in the pew, yeah. but it gets used evangelistically yeah, all do. the time and, yeah. and really far more than even who is Jesus. Okay. So back up, what was the impetus for writing? What is the gospel? Uh, so the, the short answer is that Nine Marks, the organization, wanted to write a, a one single book on each of the Nine Marks. And so I was working uh, at Capitol Hill Baptist at the time, and they just kind of commissioned me to write a book uh, on the gospel with the intent of commissioning other people to write on the other Nine Marks. The slightly longer story is that I had been doing some research on kingdom and gospel for some months because... I'd been reading some books by Brian McLaren and really at that time kind of finding him super thought provoking, compelling in some ways, uh, ended up kind of, you know, asking questions about kingdom, reading George Eldon Ladd and some other people to learn inaugurated eschatology, all, all of this, uh, and ended up finding McLaren not at all compelling, but in the process of studying that, I was just amazed that if you're ever going to come to a biblical understanding of the kingdom, you first have to understand what the gospel is. And part of the reason evangelicals can't agree on the kingdom is because they don't agree on the gospel underneath it. Right. Um, hmm. And so at the beginning of that book, there are all those, you know, unnamed definitions of the gospel, uh, or at least descriptions of it. Yeah. Uh, and those, those kind of came out of that, that study. So then I started thinking, well, okay, if everybody's this sort of confused about it, can I go to the New Testament and find some you know, definitive answer of what the message of the gospel is. Uh, and I very much think you can. Yeah. yeah. Why did they ask you to write the, what is the gospel? I'm not sure. Uh, okay. I was an assistant pastor at the time. Uh, I'd done a bunch of writing uh, for Capitol Hill in terms okay. of Sunday school classes. You weren't and, like the gospel guy? No, They're like, not Greg's really. The gospel guy. I, I was just a guy me. who could write fast. You know, I could <laughs> okay. just, I could just do, I could just write a book review really fast. Um, and so Mark had me writing a bunch of reviews. Um, 
you know, some years earlier. Uh, and, and so they just, I was available. So they asked me to do it. Okay. Very good. Glad they did. Did you anticipate the popularity? Oh, gosh, no. no. Okay. Absolutely not. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I, you know, I started, well, I'd never published a book, so I had no idea what to think. Okay. But, I mean, you know, you've seen the endorsements page. Like, normally, Crossway will get three or four endorsements from people. They'll only ask for half a dozen mm-hmm. and get three or four back. But they decided to go for broke and ask, like, 50 people for endorsements. And, like, when, when like, 35 of those came back with endorsements and they were all positive, I was like, hey, this this might actually something. work. And you got people in there like Archbishop Akinola from Africa. And, you know, then some of the reviews started coming in and people saying that they were interested in the question. I think it just I think it just kind of hit hit the little niche of the reformed world that we're that the, we're all in yeah. at exactly the right moment. Right time. When yeah. Everyone was asking that question and it right. came in with just the right pitch backed by just the right people. Yeah. And people picked it up. And let me ask you just like rough numbers. It's kind of an uncomfortable question to ask. And we're, I'm asking for the glory of God and for the, mm-hmm. the good of yeah, sure. that how um, popular is spreading. Like, how, like seriously, how many well, copies have been sold? It's, it's not. It's not what you'd think. I mean, like, you know, like a, like a, a really radical book, for instance, will sell a million in the first year. Do you mean radical? Like radical. <laughs> I didn't know how, how openly we were going to talk, but yeah, a book like Radical will sell. It, it'll sell like a million in the first year, okay. and this has been out for ten years, and I think it's up around six hundred. That's great, over half a yeah. million. Yeah, yeah. I think I I've, don't know. I've yeah. given out dozens of those myself. Hey, thank so you. we keep Good. we keep you funded uh, well here. Uh, do you have you mentioned uh, you mentioned a couple of instances of this book's usage? Uh, do you have any other stories or reports that have been surprising or encouraging to you about oh, how the Lord has so used these books? Many. So many. I mean, I can remember multiple times just kind of scrolling through normal Twitter. and it's, what, it's, Is there another Twitter? Normal scrolling. Did I say? Oh, normal. You said normal, normal Twitter. How do I get on normal? Oh, scrolling through normal. I was, like, normal, I was oh, like, am I not on no, the I normal No, I mean, sorry. One? Sorry, I put that there's adjective secret, in the wrong place. There's a secret Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Only Greg Gilbert knows about it. No, I'm not even a blue check. Uh, <laughs> oh, unlike Matt Smethers, who has uh, a blue check. I'm jealous of I it. Don't, I don't know how to, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I was normal scrolling through Twitter. Gotcha. Does that make more sense? Not doom scrolling. Not doom scrolling, just gotcha. normal scrolling. There we go. And it's not even like a mention or something, but I'll just run across, you know, a group of uh, pastors or church leaders in, you know, Zimbabwe, for instance, yeah. holding up a copy of the book at a conference and I'll kind of look really close and see, Oh, I, I know that book. Um, cool. Apparently at some point a few years ago, it was making its way through the locker rooms of, uh, uh the Cincinnati Bengals. Because no one of their players got a hold of it and sent it through there. Um, and then the other thing that was interesting was that the manager, I forget the name of the hotel, but apparently there's one grand hotel at Banff national park in Canada. Like it is like the hotel Bamf. that's on all the postcards and apparently the manager of that hotel had that book put in each of the rooms next to the Gideon Bible. Whoa. So at some point that was going on. To, I mean, That's there's cool. so much cool stuff that I've yeah. heard that the Lord has done with You're that as book. as big as the Gideons. There you go. <laughs> in one hotel. In one hotel. <laughs> Praise God. That's great. So do you want to talk about the Scott McKnight thing? Um, sure. So there, yeah, yeah. There was pushback on what is the gospel, right? At mm-hmm. some point. Uh, and then you responded to it, I think, with a, if I remember right, like a T4G breakout or something. Yeah. And then maybe yeah. an article or two follow after that. Yeah. You, so what how, is the gospel? Like, if someone even said, 
Uh, I heard there was some pushback on your book, What is the Gospel? How would you even introduce him to that? Yeah, so Scott, Scott McKnight, who I think I have never met personally, but actually, I mean, to be, to be, to be straight up honest, I have, I, in, in all the interactions I've had with him through writing, um, I've enjoyed talking with him. He's extremely smart. Um, he's extremely good faith in his arguments, I think. Um, you know, I think he's wrong on the stuff that he's arguing, but it's a good faith argument. And I've, I've appreciated that in, in all the interactions I've had with him in particular. Uh, so in 2011, about a year, year and a half after What is the Gospel came out, he published a book called The King Jesus Gospel, uh, in which he, he put in a big section about my book, essentially saying that it was too focused on salvation as opposed to the grand storyline of the Bible and the kingship of, of Christ, you know, the, the ascension of Christ into the kingship of the, of the universe. Uh, and so the case that, I mean, I, I hesitate here because this is part of my confusion with the whole thing. I, the, the case that I wish he were making was that you evangelicals, reformed evangelicals should be really careful to make sure that the gospel of personal salvation is set well in the context of the ascension of Jesus to the kingship of the universe, mm-hmm. you know, the kingship of Israel. You should make sure that you're doing that. To which my response would have been, absolutely, and I think I did that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. would have been my response. But and there wouldn't have been any fundamental disagreement. Yeah. What, what confuses me, though, about the King Jesus gospel, articles that came later, and you can see all this in the back and forth we did after my T4G talk in when it was online, 2020, right? Uh, What confused me, though, is that in a whole lot of places of Scott's work, in articles and his book, it sounds like what he's saying is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the proclamation that Jesus is king full stop. And personal salvation is not a part of the gospel. It's connected to it. It's, it flows from it. It's mm-hmm. derived from it. It's a necessary entailment of it, but it's not the gospel proper yeah. to which my response would be very different. And it would yeah. be like, no, I actually think you're wrong in the fundamentals there. Yeah. I think the fact that Jesus is King is not the whole gospel. The whole gospel would be something more like Jesus is the King who saves sinners from hell. Right. And then you have yeah. to yeah. explain some of that. So that's the disagreement. Uh, I think it's a disagreement. I, I've asked Scott in writing some really personal questions, not personal, um, uh, particular, yeah, yeah, specific, uh, and he just he just didn't respond to that article. So I don't I don't know how he would answer those specific questions. Do you know how he would answer the question uh, if someone asked him, "What must I do to be saved?" What, what would do you know what he would I say don't know. to that? I don't know. It seems like that's maybe a missing element to. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I'm extrapolating from what he's said, I think he would give the same answer we would to that question. He would just say that answer is not the gospel, nor is it part of the gospel. It is derived from and necessarily flows from the gospel. Hmm. But I think he'd give the same answer. Yeah. I think it was Jonathan Lehman who I heard say, there's a difference between the parade and then how you get in the parade. So the kingdom is the parade. It's great. And, you know, we're here to tell you there's a great parade, but we actually have to tell you how to get into the parade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's helpful. I, I think what's it, I think this whole conversation can feel, you know, five minutes into it. Like it's just a bunch of semantics. Yeah. Like if everybody would give the same answer to the question, what must I do to be saved? And 
what are we even talking about, right? But I, I think it's more important than that. I mean, Christianity is all about semantics. That's yeah. all we do, right? We do words and heaven and hell hang in the balance between the I and homoousios versus homoousios. You know, it's, it, words are really important to us. So figuring out what the content of the good news is, is really important. So it really matters if the good news is Jesus is king versus, or, or you know, like, like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to forget the, the words, but uh, if the good news is just he died, that's very different from he died for our sins, mm-hmm. which is what Paul actually mm-hmm. says. Right. Uh, and I would, I would just argue the latter. And I think from everything I can figure out, Scott argues the former. Yeah. So back to your trilogy, um, why are these three questions, these three books, um, and the questions that you seek to pose and answer in them, why are they so important for us to continue to ask and to continue to answer today? They're, they're pretty foundational, right? Yeah. Uh, and if you kind of go in reverse order, uh, you know, in order to get, get to a definition of the gospel, you got to know who Jesus is. And in order to get to who Jesus is, you got to trust the Bible uh, is true. The way I've kind of thought about it is that you know, from a, from a human standpoint, these three books are the intellectual foundation of why I am a Christian in the first place. Yeah. Now from a divine standpoint, I'm a Christian because the Lord regenerated me and elected me and, you know, made me a Christian. But when I, when I build up the intellectual foundation of my faith to be something I think stronger and better than just, well, you have to take it on faith. Or I had a feeling one day at a youth camp or whatever. Somebody asked me, why are you a Christian? Like, what is it that's compelling to you about Christianity? This is it. You know, I start with, why do I trust the Bible? Once I trust the Bible, then I learn who Jesus is. And once I'm listening to Jesus and knowing who he is, then I'm at a definition of what the good news is. And I'm trusting in Christ because of that. That's really good. To encourage you, we've been meeting with a, uh, a guy who's been coming to our church for a number of weeks now who, when he first showed up, said, I'm a hardcore atheist. Um, and so he's like, I'm just interested in you people and want to see what you what you people have to say and offer. But he's but he's been coming. He's been coming faithfully. He's been bringing his mom. Um, and he's been meeting with several of us. Um, and we've been using your books as a, as a jumping cool. off point to, to talk about these things. And Chase and I just met with him last week, and we were talking about how we can trust our Bibles because uh, we're reading the Bible with him, but he's he's coming at it with a completely different worldview and all his mm-hmm. presuppositions bringing to the text. And he's like, well, these are neat stories, but how do you know any of this is true? Yeah. Uh, so just to encourage you that That's he cool. no longer says he's a hardcore atheist. That's he just great. says he's an average atheist. Um, so <laughs> so he's, he's moving, I believe. He's moving from one degree of glory to another. But Chase brought up <laughs> what you said. There is, a, there is an intellectual foundation. There's stuff we have to know. Oh, in yeah. order to to assent, and to agree, Absolutely. and then to believe, and yeah. then the Holy Spirit uses that to convert us. So. Yeah, well, it's mm-hmm. a, it's an interesting point on that too. I, I I think most evangelicals approach a defense of their faith, right, Peter? Always be ready to give a defense of the for the hope that is that mm-hmm. is within you. I think they approach that defense basically as trying to convince the world that it is okay for me to believe this as a Christian. Like I'm not an idiot. I it is it is logically barely acceptable for me to believe this. I think actually it should go the other way around. And that's what these books try to do, you know, from white to red to black. They, they try to move from it's okay for Christians to believe this to more of a stance of it is not okay for you to disbelieve this. Like mm-hmm. this is true. Mm-hmm. And you're actually at the end of the day being intellectually dishonest 
and probably tendentious if you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. So it's really trying to take a take a more, you know, offensive approach yeah. to, yeah. to kind of pastoral apologetics. Yeah. Just pushing it on people. You need to believe this. Which is just kind of a reflection of what what happened to me in the years that I was kind of building this understanding of the faith, which happened in college. That's, that's okay. where it happens for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. it did for me too. I went from sort of playing defense against my Rastafarian, you know, and Orthodox Jewish roommates, you know, saying, it's okay for me to believe this. I, I'm not an idiot, you know, by my senior year to going back at them and saying, actually, no, it's not okay for you not to believe mm-hmm. that Jesus rose from the dead. And here are the 10 reasons why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you said white, red, black. Do you recommend a certain order people work their way through these if they're going to do No, offering? if you want to go from like deepest foundation, no presuppositions at all, other than just the normal philosophical ones, you start with white yeah, um, and move to red and then black. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if you just have a specific question though, then sure. like, I don't, I don't think why trust the Bible would be a good thing to give to everybody. Um, but if you run into somebody who doesn't trust the Bible, you know, it's a pretty good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, Greg, let's jump to something outside of your books, maybe a little bit more general. Take a a step back and look at the church. And uh, what's what's concerning you these days um, about broader Christianity in the United States? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know that I give a whole lot of intellectual time to Christianity writ large. I think my camps in particular, like Reformed Evangelicalism— is going through a pretty serious upheaval and reorganization right now. Mm. Some of it's political. So yeah, I don't know how that reorganization is going is, is gonna to shake out. I don't know what camps in it I'm going to land in. Uh, I think the SBC, Southern Baptist Convention, are y'all a part of that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another of, of our camps. I, I'm scared to death of what's going to happen in New Orleans. I think there are some encouraging signs. I really appreciate, you know, on, like on the... Uh, you know, women as pastors question. Yeah. Uh, I really, really appreciated what the, the new president wrote about that on Twitter, Bart yeah. Barber. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that tweet thread was just spectacular. I mean, I mean, yeah. he was making arguments in that thing that I have not heard in all my, you know, 25 years as a paying attention Southern Baptist. I mean, it was brilliant. Yeah. So was. I really, really am encouraged by that. I'm not, however, encouraged by the uh, what I saw from the credentials committee last year, mm. uh, and they're the ones who are going to have to make the recommendation to the convention, for example, about about that one church. So, about that one church that has uh, mm-hmm. appointed a woman it, pastor. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, so I, you know, if they recommend wrong, do I have faith that the convention would vote down its credentials committee? I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. it kind of looks like it. There's for also a the polity question of whether it actually can come to that. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 that question. I mean, it's, you can get ruled out of order, you know, <laughs> just like that at the SBC, apparently. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's a very, yeah, I'm a little bit scared of, of New Orleans, and yet there are some encouraging signs, so, oh, so but we'll the see. food's going to be great. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So food's encouraging. Okay, food's Bar- encouraging. Is encouraging. Um, yeah, some things encouraging about Southern Baptists, uh, more broadly speaking. Um, what else is encouraging you uh, that you're seeing as you as you travel, as you talk to other pastors? Oh, you know, I think it's really going to be, I think part of what's happening among reformed evangelical anyway, uh, evangelicalism is that uh, 
it basically there's this little bit of balkanization that's happening, which is a bad word, but I think it may end up being a pretty good thing, actually. Mm-hmm. So you have organizations and, and church associations that are forming all over the country that are based on, you know, a narrower set of uh, things that we're in agreement about, you know, so you've got pillar on the one hand and you've got, we preach Christ and you've got, not we preach Christ. What is it? What is that one called? Treasuring Christ together. Mm. Um, and there are several of these little things forming, you know, including uh, one that I'm working on with a few guys uh, that, that would organize some, some churches that, that share our, our convictions on ecclesiology. So, you know, we'll see how that goes, but I think that's what, I think what that's going to allow uh, is for churches to band together to support things that they're 98% excited about rather than being 65% excited about those things yeah. and therefore creating tension. Mm-hmm. And yet on the things we're agreed on, when those become sort of headlines, you know, all of those networks will be able to join together and say, you know, with one voice, uh, no, you know, there, whatever, there's men and there's women and, you know, the, the you, you can't sort of different. mix them up right yeah so yeah. or whatever the issue is yeah good yeah that's good yeah those are encouraging things yeah any other questions ryan well i just i'd say something encouraging is the simian trust and what they're oh, doing yeah. with oh, workshops yeah. all over the world uh, i don't know how many they're doing this year but maybe it's 140 something like that yeah um so it's a privilege to get to work with guys like greg and romel williams who's coming into town tomorrow yeah and uh, to spend, um, you know, two and a half full days with guys just around God's Word and growing in clarity and capability of handling God's Word. Uh, and then thinking, as we, as we talked about on Sunday, we prayed about this, um, just the thinking of the redounding fruit, you know, that multiplies from sermon to sermon to sermon in congregation after congregation. Yeah, yeah let, I'll just piggyback on that, too, in the sense of saying... Uh, you know, it's one thing for just talking to Desert Springs, which is the main audience for this, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, the oh, podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And my so, mom. And your mom. <laughs> okay. Well, just talking to Desert Springs and Drew's mom here for a second. It's one thing for your own pastors to say thank you for supporting this ministry that they asked you to support, but um, you you guys need need to hear that all the volunteer work and all the money and other resources that you put into this are being hugely well used and. Simeon Trust, I think, is one of the best investments that a church can make mm-hmm. in terms of r- raising the general level of the water mm-hmm. all over your region. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It is Amen. an extraordinary uh, program, really, for continuing education for pastors. So thank you to Desert Springs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say the same thing to my congregation. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Someday when we have you there, you can... You yeah, can tell in January, them, Lord willing. Thank you also. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Do it. Good word. Yeah, I'm thankful for good churches like Third Avenue and Louisville and for Desert Springs and and uh, a lot of other churches that we partner with and for the work that uh, we all get to do, training people to trust Jesus and trust their Bibles and, mm-hmm. and know what the gospel is. So, Greg, thanks so much for your writing. Keep writing. Keep preaching. Uh, and uh, and we'll keep, we'll keep reading whatever you come up with. Whatever right. question <laughs> you answer next, brother, we're going to... We're going to gobble that up. Awesome. Thanks. Are you working on anything right now that you could share with us? No, not at no. the moment. Okay. Uh, just just released a book called The Epic Story of the Bible, which kind of could have been titled <laughs> What is Biblical Theology? But it, <laughs> oh, wasn't, it wasn't part of the you series. You didn't do a so, question. Yeah, no. I just ordered but, my copy, so. I oh, when's that yeah, going out? It's, it's out. It's, it's out. It's, okay. yeah, yeah, Amazon, anywhere else. Okay. But, yeah. Kind of teaches you how to read the Bible as one big epic story rather than uh-huh. 66 
love you it. know kind of connected but not really books right yeah. i love it Good. look that's forward great. to that awesome thanks for taking the time greg and that's all the time we have for today uh lord willing we'll have another episode out for you soon uh, but for now let's keep spreading god's glory broader and deeper 